Hey guys, it's me, John David Booter. Season 3 of Done Disappeared is brought to you by Himalaya, a brand new podcast app where you can find every single podcast you love and some future faves. It's free, it's easy to use, and will help you face your fears in conjunction with a penance. I'm currently in the midst of an exercise called An Exploration of Meaning, in which I'm required to do one terrifying thing a day until I'm free from fear and therefore pure enough to become a part of Himalaya's most exclusive inner circle. I've just returned from the zoo and can proudly say that my fear of climbing into the hyena exhibit got a few steps closer to being faced. Download the Himalaya app today to get every episode of Season 3 of Done Disappeared a day early. And to get educated about our cause. I really want this for you. Please, you need this. Join Himalaya today. Promise me. Promise me you'll join us. Join us, please. Good. I promise that you won't be disappointed. For privacy protection, some of the names in this episode have been changed or distorted. The did she or didn't she disappearance of Crestine Night Market Song, aka Blessica Beans, was finally shaping up to be a story worth telling. After weeks of searching, I had finally connected with the boyfriend I'd been looking for. As it turned out, boyfriend's real name was and he was the last person to see Christine alive to whom I'd spoken on my podcast. I didn't see her that night, and I don't know what happened that night, but I will tell you, that night I have never seen her so scared. What boyfriend had to say was not only chilling, but incredibly coherent. And after our conversation, I had the name of my first person of serious interest. Ooh, let me tell you, something happened to Doodlebugs. Something that made her just petrified and skirt. Boyfriend wasn't the only person who'd mentioned the name Doodlebug to me. Since my appearance on national television promising airtime in exchange for relevant or irrelevant tips, Doodlebug was a name that had come up time and time again. And the more I heard about Doodlebug's mysterious ways and possible connection to Crestine, I knew that this all came down to Doodlebug. One night after a knitting circle, I just, I turned on one of my favorite playlists, and I pressed shuffle. It's a thing where it switches up all your favorite songs at random, so you don't know what's up next, and well, for some reason, a Blessica Bean song came on, and I swear, I never would have put on a playlist, because it's like, it's very, very bad, like, like a cat's claws on a chalkboard made of metal. But, um, she must have put it on my playlist when I wasn't looking, just trying to tell me something. Because when I heard the lyrics, I just knew. Go on down to the creek tonight, catches and fireflies all. Is on my head, it's on my head. Look out for Doodlebug, look out for Doodlebug, Doodlebug, Doodlebug Jones. Mommy said stay away from Doodlebug Jones. Mommy said stay away from Doodlebug Jones. Doodlebug Jones. I'm going, something's going on. And then I told Michelle, uh, I told Michelle or Beverly, I'm not sure which one. I said, I said Michelle or, Be- or you know, or Beverly. Michelle or Beverly, something's going on. And I played them the song. And I said, y'all, that's him. And they said, what? And I said, Doodlebug. And they said, who? And I said, him. That's his name. Doodlebug Jones. And they said, what were you saying? And I said, Blessica Beans. And they said, we do not know who that is. And I said, that's her on my playlist singing on Doodlebug Jones. And they said, who is Doodlebug Jones? 
the chances of that. And right then, I just knew that this all came down to Doodlebug. From atop my high horse in Davistone, Pennsylvania, in association with John David Buddha Films, this is Done Disappeared Season 3 with me, John David Buddha. Looking down from my high horse on the edge of town, Davistone, Pennsylvania, seemed quiet, tranquil, even simple. But I knew it was anything but. Christine Night Market Song was out there somewhere. And the more complex and disturbing this case got, the more urgent it became that I find the time to take care of myself. <sighs> okay, John, just relax. Stay focused. Yeah, you're a natural. Crawdad had been right. My flip-flopped thumbs had proven to somehow be an invaluable asset to my knitting prowess. I'd been working on knitting a baby soft scarf more than I'd been working on Crestine's case. And the more avoidant of my workload I became, the more unlikely it seemed that Crestine would ever be found alive. And the more my scarf began to evolve, first into a waist-length cape, and eventually into a massive three-person blanket. My newfound hobby was a welcome, if distracting, distraction that also seemed like a possible metaphor for creating something just for the sake of it, with no endgame in sight, leading to the final product becoming an indiscernible amorphous mass. But the more time I spent on location in Davistown attempting to craft a compelling story out of the town's past and recent trauma, the more I began to feel uneasy. Like maybe this whole trip had been miscalculated and under-researched. My bedroom window faced an ominous forest, and every night, as I lay my massive head to rest, I heard strange noises echoing forth from the trees in the hills. <laughs> oh my god. Hello? Who's there? I'm recording this. No, nope, no. I was beginning to wonder if I'd poked my nose in the wrong people's affairs, and I was starting to fear, for my safety, if not Crestine, aka Blessica Beans. Were the noises I heard outside my window the moans and cries of the legendary crazed women from the hills and the trees of Davistone? Or could it be the Witch of Davistone herself? Was the Witch of Davistone watching me? Stalking me? Interested in me? Attracted to me? Aware of my podcast? A fan of my podcast? Did she hate my podcast? Was she trying to sabotage the integrity of my podcast as a deeply human and grounded true crime missing person show by forcing me to wade into murky supernatural waters that would further convolute my artistic intentions? At the very least, whatever this dark force was, it seemed to be sabotaging my sleep cycle, and therefore, my promotional obligations. The season three of Done Disappeared had already become the most anticipated podcast season of all time and the first episode was due to be released in just one week. And my press schedule was unrelenting. Thanks to the strange noises in the trees, the next morning, I slept through appearances on Crime Writers Off, True Crime on the Spectrum, and many more podcasts with propositions in the title. 
and the one podcast appearance I had been able to make to promote season three had turned out to be an unmitigated disaster. Welcome to Lazy Boy Enthusiast. I'm your host, Drax Shepard. Super excited for today's episode. This guest is a 10. Right out of the gates, this guy's a 10. One of the best podcasters in history. Certainly one of my favorite podcasters. The only podcaster I know who's ever solved a crime. John David Booter. Welcome, John. What's up, my hey, man? Hey, Drax. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, just to be clear, I'm, I'm not a podcaster. I am a, I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah, so. for sure. So let's just dive right in here. Sure, thanks, Drax. And I gotta say, I'm just—I'm a huge fan of yours, all the way back to Plunked. I love your humor. Anyway, um, thank you so much for letting me call in because I am on location right now in Davistown, Pennsylvania, trying to find a beautiful young woman who went missing, named Christine uh, Nightwalkinson. Uh, 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 yeah, sounds great. Now, when you first met Bevins Maroney, did you know? She was a serial killer, or did you find that out later? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The serial killer that you married. Did you know <laughs> that, what you were getting into? Not, that's not because I'll tell you, like, for example, with me, with my marriage to Kirsten, uh-huh. I mean, it's hot. Everyone knows it. Uh-huh. You know, we don't pull any punches about that. We right. had a good time. Yeah. She's a 10. You know, she is a straight up 10 right out of the gates. Totally. She's a full fucking smoke show. Sure. Okay. But it's still work, you know, and my wife has never killed anyone, but she is very fucking hot. Right. What do you think it says about your ethical makeup that you wanted to marry a stone cold I'm killer? Sorry. I mean, I have my own lazy boy theory about it look, with, I, you know, I have a degree in anthropology. I'm sorry. Oh, look, we're both, look, Drax, we're both in the business. We both have been around a long time. I... I did not come here to talk about my personal life. I came here to talk about season three of my podcast. Now, in front of me, I have a list of all the ways Bevins Maroney murdered men she was married to. Looks like she strangled one. She lawnmowered one. She burned one up. She killed one guy with a fork. Jesus. Yeah. What a fucking battle axe. That's kind of hot. The list goes on. And all of them ended up pickled. Look. I honestly would rather we stick to the subject that I came here to talk about. Season three of my podcast is coming out next week. On a scale from one to healthy, because for me and Kirsten, we're at a fucking, we're at a 10. But how healthy are you and Bevins Mm -hmm. right now? You know what? I'm done. I'm done. Uh, 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 uh. Hello? John? Damn, I guess we lost him. Anyway, let's change the subject for a minute. I just gotta say... One thing about me, you probably can't tell from just listening to this podcast, is that at all times across my face, there is a huge shit-eating grin. A giant grin covered in shit. Just bullshit spewing forth from inside my mouth. And the only way I can keep it under control is with a Quip electric toothbrush. Monica, you know this about Oh my God, yes. It's got these sonic vibrations that clean deep but don't tear apart your gums. Very gentle, but sonic. And I guess over 90% of us, can you believe this, Monica? Over 90% of us don't clean our teeth evenly. That's shocking. I love you. That's really (laughs) shocking. And that's why Quip has a built-in two-minute timer reminding you when it's time to switch sides. Seriously, without my Quip electric toothbrush, my mouth would be 100% full of shit at all times. That's why I love Quip, and over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash disappear right now, you can get your first refill pack for free, Monica. Did you hear me when I said I'm in love with free. you? Look at me. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com/disappeared. Time was running out, and so far in season three, I had faced more hurdles than any investigative filmmaker in history of all time. What I'd forgotten was that I was a public figure now, and if I wanted to shift the focus from my personal life back to the work, I knew I had to deliver the goods. And to do that, there was only one person that I had to track down other than Crestine Night Market Song. And his name was Doodlebug. I had been fearful that this mystery was too convoluted to present to the public as any sort of coherent story. And when I started working on the case, no one seemed to realize or be concerned that Crestine had gone missing, except for me. Then, I went on national television and promised to feature anyone and everyone who came forward with information about the case on my hit podcast. Now, I was receiving so much information about the case every day that it was almost impossible to keep track of every lead, let alone formulate them into a coherent narrative. But the more I asked the anonymous tipsters to whom I'd promised airtime on my podcast leading questions about Doodlebug and the night Crestine disappeared, the more the pieces began to form a bigger picture that I have completely wrapped my head around and am positive will lead to definitive answers in the case. I swear to God that soon it will start to make as much sense to you as it does to me. But to truly understand, you'll first have to listen to a litany of deeply relevant and totally scrutable phone calls. Over the past few days, a wealth of new sources have emerged, and I gave them all nicknames. Let's start with Krevin. Krevin told me, after Crestine may have gone missing two weeks ago, that three people started acting drastically different. AKA Dippy Dan and two other men. We'll call them Sturvin and Struvin. Hello, this here's Krevin speaking. That's Krevin with a Krevin. I, I just want to say I don't know anything at all, but my three best friends, they were either involved or they were not involved at all. But all I know is that we got in a fight on account of they thought I was talking shit on them, going around telling people they might have done something bad on account of I was trying to get on your podcast. So we ain't speaking no more. But what it really come down to is that's where you gotta start. I mean, Doodlebug didn't have nothing to do with it. And I don't know who she was, and I don't know where she's gone, but I do know that I do think that she's fine. And I know that oh, God, no! probably killed her. Or maybe it was Brian, but I'm not sure who Brian is. So I do think if you talk to yeah, we'll probably find out nothing at all, but that's just what I'm going on. But cause what I heard was that Sturvin talked to Sturvin and Sturvin said that Sturvin was acting real strange, but Sturvin never really liked Sturvin all that much anyway. So it's a lot of Sturvin said this, Sturvin said that, classic Sturvin and Sturvin. I mean, I don't know anything about the case, but what I don't know is if Doodlebug was involved, but I did want to be on the podcast, so I did give you a call. Krevin's story was enough to send chills down the spine of even the likes of me, John David Booter. We'll call me Special Agent Jeremy Jackalope. Then I heard from Waltzing Matilda, and her account was pretty much consistent with Krevin. So you're really gonna put me on the show, right? Oh, wonderful news! So then I got a little something to tell you that I heard from some Jew buggy a little ways back. So about a, a can of worms and a, a cricket swing, that southern talk for a fortnight and four weeks. That's six weeks. Six weeks ago, on this particular day, she would hang it out with Big Timmy and Tommy John about three weeks back, maybe two. And they was eating hot bowls of corn. Creamy hot corn in the sun. She loved to do that. 
it she was on this particular day, and I'll be a can of worms and a cricket swing if I don't know any of those people, but but I heard she was acting strange that night. Then I talked to a man named who provided very little information at all. I think I have some information you're going to want for your podcast. I'm a huge fan, by the way, and I can't wait to hear myself on the show. Uh, my name is, just so y'all know, and that's a with a capital apostrophe, capital and then, you know, spelled just like it sounds. Uh, so just so all you listeners know that, uh, you know, that's who I am. You know, remember that name, take it in, because I'm sure you're going to be hearing a lot of it. Uh, I got big dreams, and uh, frankly, this is just this just start. Then I got a call from Amanda at Stitch Fix. We'll call her Isabella Cartwright DeWitt. Thanks for calling the Dun Disappeared tip line. This is Special Agent Jeremy Jackalope. From Dun Disappeared with me. Special Agent Jeremy Jackalope. Hi, Special Agent Jeremy Jackalope. It's me. Isabella Cartwright DeWitt. You know, your personal Stitch Fix stylist. Isabella Cartwright DeWitt. It's always good to hear from you. What's up? Just calling to let you know that, as always, I have handpicked five items to send to your door. And per usual, just try everything on, keep only what you love, and return the rest. Shipping and handling is always free. Perfect. And just remind your listeners to go to stitchfix.com slash disappeared to get 25% off their first box. Will do. That's stitchfix.com slash disappeared. Stitchfix.com slash disappeared. Stitchfix.com slash disappeared. Stitchfix.com slash disappeared. Got it. Thank you so much okay. to hear from you. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. The phone call from Isabella Cartwright DeWitt was deeply informative, but it told me almost nothing about Doodlebug. I had to get back on track. That's when Krevin called back to offer even more insight into Doodlebug's warped psyche. And this time, he had the names of 10 individuals who had been seen with or without Doodlebug the night Crestine disappeared. Now, I just have to tell you that Burger, and Daniel, and Thermos, and Mammy, and Rachel, and Brunden, and Scooter, and Skeeter, and Topsy, and Tubbs, all were either there or they were not there, but they all told me the Doodlebug, he is a witch, and he is like those dollar whatever sitting out of the car a while back, so I'm no psychiatrist, but I do know that he has some records that I would like to cry as a chosen gentleman. Just when it seemed like I was gaining too much clarity and losing the intrigue of the mystery of this case, I got a phone call from Yellow Hat Dave that sent this case in a whole new direction. Hey man, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's a, it's a really sad situation, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I knew her, she would come in. She came in pretty much every Monday morning and she would order grits and she would sit there on the, on the counter and, and just talk to me and she had the most beautiful, gorgeous savagery. And, uh, you know, the last time I saw her was at Jason Terrace's 17th birthday party, and I didn't know her, but, like, you know, we played Mario Kart, and, like, we hung out, and, like, there was something, like, uh, strange about the way that Jason Terrace talked with her, like, I don't know, and, like, they're not really close friends, and I understand, I'm, but I did, I did hear him say something about taking her out to the, you know, and, 
like Jeffrey and like the, I'm, I'm a good person. I would never do something like that. They're my friends, but they're not like my, my bosom buddies. You know what I'm saying? Like these are people that I don't really associate. So I never really met her, knew much about her, but it's just sad. And I really hope you find Christina. See? You now have a crystal clear image of what happened the night Crestine disappeared. And what was now clearer than anything else was that Doodlebug could have been with Crestine the night she disappeared. I'd been pointed toward the full moon knitting circle as a potential setting for Crestine's disappearance the minute I got to Davistone. And after everything I've seen and everything you just heard, I now believed that the full moon knitting circle had nothing to do with anything. I was now all in on Doodlebug, and I had to find him fast. But I quickly remembered that Doodlebug wasn't really Doodlebug. Doodlebug was just Doodlebug's knitting name. And if I didn't know Doodlebug's real name, how would I ever be able to track down Doodlebug? That's when I realized that I had to go back to the first place I had heard of Crestine's disappearance. Before Crestine was Crestine, when all I knew was that a beautiful, stunning woman named Blessica Beans had gone horribly missing. I had to go back to the one place I had seconds ago deemed completely irrelevant to this case. I had to go back to the knitting circle. Next time on Done Disappeared. Done Disappeared is written and produced by me, John David Booter. Edited by me, John David Booter. Additional reporting for this episode by me, John David Booter. Music by VHS Witch. Additional music by Ashley Dance. Additional music by Johan Johan Johannesburg. Done Disappeared Season 3 is presented by Himalaya and sponsored by Stitch Fix and Quip. Thanks for listening. And until next time, please, don't disappear.